welcome to the Lonnie Swain Show podcast. I'm your host, Lonnie Swain. I'm a media veteran, digital content creator, and strategist. My career has required many cross-country relocations from my hometown of New Orleans to Baltimore, St. Louis, Chicago, Dallas, back to New Orleans, and now Miami, Florida. The purpose of this show is to remind you that everyone has to go through something to get somewhere. I lead personal and professional development conversations in hopes of inspiring you to live your best and most authentic lives. And just a reminder, I always love to know what you think about the podcast. So don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, and share. Thank you so much for listening. Now let's get into the show. So today's episode, we're talking about money, money, money. I have a special guest joining me, Mabel Nunez. She is the founder and chief investment officer of Girls on the Money. It's a stock market investing education company targeted to women, minorities, and individuals that are underrepresented in the world of investing. She is passionate about investing education, helping women feel more confident around money topics, and empowering them to take action and control of their finances. Mabel is also the best-selling author of the investing book, Stock Market Investing, Many Lessons for Beginners, and teaches highly rated courses around the topics of personal finance and investing. Through all of her resources and social media platforms, she shares what she has learned and continues to learn thanks to 10 plus years of investing experience and two finance degrees. Mabel, thank you so much for being a guest on the show. Thank you for inviting me. I'm excited to talk about one of my favorite topics. (laughs) so thank you for having me and inviting me to your podcast of course of course and now how I learned about Mabel was through the Well Summit in Brooklyn where she talked about mental health and how it relates to money so if you could tell us how mental health and money kind of have a weird relationship with each other sometimes yeah sure so it was a very you know fun and and exciting topic to talk about because I usually don't get to discuss that topic which is so important like most of my educational resources and materials are around investing but obviously before you get to investing you have to be right with your money um so you know i got to discuss like the core of you know money issues and how they can play a role in your mental health or your mental well-being um i also talked about how money is taboo for a lot of people so like you can have a friend that you had a friend for like 10, 20 years, and maybe you don't even bring up money topics when you're, you know, you can bring up all every other topic under the sun to talk about, but when it comes to money, you're hesitant, you don't want to yeah. talk about it. That's another thing. Um, and that usually makes people feel isolated. They feel alone. They feel like, oh my God, I have all these debt or I have all these money issues and nobody would get it. And they get, you know, feel embarrassed about it. Mm-hmm. So in, in my uh, workshop, I kind of, you know, let people know that, you know, a lot of people have the same problems you might have, very similar people close to you. So you should talk about it. There's mm-hmm. help. There's resources that can help you get to the next level. So there's no reason to be ashamed or scared to discuss, you know, money, your money situation. And, you know, you might find that through speaking about it to other people, you can find help and you can get to the level that you want to be with money instead of like just being scared and not like keeping it to yourself. Yeah, because not everybody has two finance degrees. So everybody, <laughs> you know, you don't know what you don't know. And if mm-hmm. your parents, you know, unfortunately, a lot of mm-hmm. our parents did not mm-hmm. teach us about money and how to yeah. invest or how to manage our money. And so a lot of us, you know, are just out here figuring it out as we go. And sometimes yep. see 
seeing poor role models or seeing mm-hmm. people on Instagram living a flashy lifestyle and we're like, oh, OK, let me go buy the latest mm-hmm. Gucci flip flops or go do this so that I can keep up with the Joneses and not realizing, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, but my rent is due at the same time. Yeah. And, you know, I have this bill yeah. and now my you know credit score is low or whatever. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah. I think that it's so important to start that conversation and realize that, you know, you don't have to live paycheck mm-hmm. to paycheck. And there are certain things that you can do to kind of still live a comfortable lifestyle, but just mm-hmm. within your budget and within your means. Exactly. Absolutely agree. Um, yeah, it's, it's a trap. Like I always tell people, it's a trap. Like all that consumerism out there, like like you said, the latest like Gucci flip flop, the latest phone, <laughs> the latest this. Like yes. it's all like big businesses. They're making money out of you know out of the average person flashing all these random things. When mm-hmm. you know people fail to see the other side. Like hey, I don't have to be a consumer of these companies. I could invest in these companies, or I can like save my money so that I can maybe reach financial freedom or whatever. But you know it's it's unfortunate. But I think. Um, if people become conscious of what this flashy stuff on social media are all about, they can, you know, see what it is, you know, yeah. what it's, they're trying to do and maybe not fall into the trap. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Because one of the taglines for Girls on the Money that I love, live frugally, save yes. abundantly, <laughs> invest intelligently. So mm-hmm. I wish that more people would take on that mantra, if you will. Yep. Yep. Um, so let's get right into it. There are some scary things that people do with money. And I would <laughs> like you to discuss some of the top three financial pitfalls that many women face and, and some tips to avoid them. What are some of the top pitfalls that you've seen in your experience? So one of them, obviously, is falling into the trap of credit card debt. Um, and, and this happens very early on, usually for people maybe in their early 20s, uh, maybe mm-hmm. even 18. College students. Yeah, mm-hmm. ex- exactly. Their college days. Um, so they continue to, you know, charge things randomly, not understanding that that money needs to get, you know, be paid back or maybe, <laughs> right. you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, and then by the time they reach their maybe late 20s, early 30s, they have $20,000 in debt or like crazy amounts. Obviously, that's that's one pitfall, and the obvious answer to that is that you have to leave be- below your means. Um, it's a very cliche statement, but it's extremely true. Like you have to be frugal. You have to, you know, if you have a job and you're getting paid a certain amount of money. It doesn't mean that you have to spend that amount of money every month. Like you can, right. I don't know, you know, organize your finances so that you're paying your core living expenses and maybe leaving some money there on the side for something that brings you joy, something that makes you excited, you know, maybe going out with friends or maybe getting a manicure, pedicure, whatever it is. Um, But Mm -hmm. you can do, you know, certain things that still bring you joy. You don't have to be so strict with yourself. Mm -hmm. But everything else after that should be saved, should be put away for like whatever it is that you want to do. Maybe it is to have a a cushion there that, you know, you want to tap into whenever you feel like it or if you're going through a tough time. Or you mm-hmm. just want to change jobs. I think it's just so important for peace of mind and, and flexibility to build up your finances in a way that you can save money all the time as opposed to 
being behind on your credit card payment and being like living paycheck to paycheck. Um, I guess another uh, pitfall or scary thing that like I would say younger people will fall into is not learning how to put their money to work for them from a very young age. So obviously investing is one of those ways. Um, the thing with investing is that the younger you start, like the better for you in the long run because your money has more time to compound to grow you know to grow for you and it's going to get to a point in your life when you're like oh my god like i'm not nowhere near retirement age and i've you know i've made good investment decisions so i'm you know i'm doing really yeah. good mm-hmm. so the sooner you start like there's no age for you to start investing like it's you know it's available for everyone but whenever i encounter people like in their 20s or like early you know very early 20s or you know whatever i do encourage to get started as soon as possible but you know like i said there's no time frame like the earlier you start the better it's good to save but nobody can grow wealth through saving alone. You have right. to put that money to work. So it's like you have to think about it like, okay, I'm sending, I work hard for my money and I have to send it to work for me. And yeah, and I guess the third one is, it all falls into the same category, like putting yourself in a position where you're living paycheck to paycheck and you're anxious about money all the time. Like you gotta, you gotta find a way to get out of that cycle so that you can do other things with your money. So, you know, mm-hmm. maybe falling into that paycheck to paycheck trap. Yeah. Two questions that I got mm-hmm. from from both of those. The first one, is there a good or responsible way to use credit cards? Or would you say try to avoid getting them all together? Yeah, because that's a great question. Mm-hmm. How Go do ahead. you build credit if you don't have mm-hmm. any credit cards or things like that? Yeah, very smart question. So I wouldn't say do not have credit cards. I actually, I, I'm for credit cards as long as you're using the cards to your advantage. So the way I look at credit card companies is in two ways. They're either, first of all, they're businesses. Mm -hmm. So their main priority is to find a way to get you into as much debt as possible at the highest interest possible so that they can make a lot of money and be very wealthy for their investors. So that's the priority of banks. They are making money off of you. So Mm -hmm. for that reason, they will make it very attractive to get credit. So they do that through offering, you know, airline points or hotel points or points for all these random stuff. So, you know, they make <laughs> right. it really, really attractive to get a card, which is great. So if you're in the, in the side of you're taking advantage of the perks as opposed to them taking advantage of you, then you're in good shape. Like I'm not against mm-hmm. credit card. I'm, I'm for credit cards as mm-hmm. long as you are using the perks to your advantage and paying those things off every month. Like ideally in full. And I understand a lot of people maybe can't do that or maybe they're getting rid of that um, and they're in the process of getting rid of that. But mm-hmm. once you get to a healthy position with credit cards, yes, mm-hmm. use them to your advantage. Absolutely. Get those okay. points, get those travel points, get all these great, mm-hmm. awesome perks. But, but pay it off. That, <laughs> yeah, pay it off. And remember that it's a, like, you remember they're doing that to get you. It's a, there's a cash. They want. They're mm-hmm. praying and they're praying that you don't pay that off, <laughs> mm-hmm. so that they're gonna yeah. get all this interest from you. That's what they're trying to do. So as long as you yeah. don't fall into that, then you're absolutely good. And paying on time because they rack mm-hmm. up on you know banking on you being late and then tacking a yeah. late fee on and all of those exactly. things where you're just giving away money unnecessarily. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. That's to pay on time and pay as much as you possibly can, preferably in full, but like as much as you possibly can every month. 
And now in regards to investing in early, would you classify a 401k under that umbrella? Or what are some of the better suggestions and recommendations as far as early investing? Yeah, I'm all from 401ks. Even better if they have like a match, like if a company has a match, mm-hmm. I am all for that because a match is like free money. So whenever I find yeah. somebody that tells me that, you know, my company has a 401k, I haven't enrolled yet, but they have like a 5% match or something crazy. I'm like, you know, you're yeah. wasting time, you're wasting money. Yes. So you have to do that. Um, I am definitely a big advocate for 401ks. And that's actually the first window for most people to get into investing. Like it, it, it was for me when I was my first corporate job, you know, offer a 401k. And that's how I started investing. Like I wasn't doing it myself, but like the company was doing it for me. And it was one of the best decisions I, I ever made. So mm-hmm. definitely that. And if a company doesn't offer a 401k, there's other options like a Roth IRA or like mm-hmm. a self-directed IRA um, where that people can open themselves. There are income restrictions that come with that, but that's another way that people can get into investing from early on or for whenever they can without having to rely on like a company's 401k. So there's other ways that people can do that as well. Awesome. And now if someone's listening and they're in their 20s, what would be the first piece of advice for financial stability or in your 20s, what financial mm-hmm. decisions should you be making? What should be your focus in your 20s? I would say, well, I guess one of the first things that they should do is educate themselves. I mean, that, that applies to every every decade. Mm-hmm. Educate themselves the most they can on personal finance and investing and start saving as much money as they possibly can. Like some people in their 20s still live with their parents. Like mm-hmm. I lived with my parents till I was 28. And, you know, from 22, when I moved back home from college, through 28, I was living with them, you know, and I was saving the bulk of my paycheck. So a lot of people, a lot of people in their 20s say, oh, I want to live on my own. I think it's cool to live on my own. Like you mm-hmm. have your whole life to pay bills. Right. So you can, <laughs> yes. Once you're out, like get ready mm-hmm. for all those bills to be, you know, start strolling in into your mm-hmm. life. You know, it doesn't apply to everyone. Like I understand people have family issues or, you know, they can really live at home, whatever the case may be. But if you can do that, like do mm-hmm. that and don't be ashamed of it. Um, yes. Save as much money as I can, as you can, I would say, um, in your 20s. And then with the purpose that you're going to start putting that money to work. So it will be building like an emergency fund, which is always necessary to have. And then using part of that money that you were able to save to start investing. And I guess the simplest way, like I'm a big, big fan of stocks, but it can be very dangerous if people don't know what they're doing. There's a lot of like fraud when it comes to like random companies that people don't know about, but then people might tell you, oh, this, you're gonna make a lot of money from this. Like it's very dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, to approach stocks if you don't really know what what you know what you're doing. So I would say find like a low cost S and P five hundred index fund and start putting money on there in there. And I know this sounds like what the heck is she talking about? <laughs> Which is why I break down I break all these down like in my social media or in my blog and stuff like that. Like I explain what all these things mean. And if anybody in your audience has specific questions, like feel free to ask me. Because I don't mm-hmm. want to go into that whole like SOG in the right. ter- terminology um thing. It might mm-hmm. take like the whole show. <laughs> but <laughs> but yeah, just have money aside for save, you know, save as much as you can and so that you get to a point where you can allocate money, like to your emergency fund and then put the others, you know, part of the money also to work for you. 
Okay. Now, what about in your 30s? You're getting, you know, to the point where you might be starting a family or getting ready to buy a home. What financial decisions would be priority, in your opinion? Yeah, I guess at that age, it will depend on what exactly your goals are. Like, um, I would say continue doing the same thing you were doing, like saving and investing, you know, especially because you're in your 30s, you're still very young. Mm-hmm. So, and you know, you still have a long horizon for your money to grow for you. You have, what, 35 years or 40 years, whatever, before you actually retire to um, have that money compound for you over time. So, you know, definitely mm-hmm. continue saving and investing. And if buying a home is a goal, maybe somebody started saving already in their 20s, they might have a good amount of money to put as a down payment, a chunk of money reserved for that. So they might, maybe they want to sell some other investments to do that or they want to keep on investing over time. It doesn't stop in any decade. And, and let me interject this. I said buy a home, but some people don't mm-hmm. consider homes and real estate to be a sound investment these days. Do you, what is your opinion about that? Yeah, it's a controversial topic, I guess, for some people. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, I am from the camp. I am not a fan of real estate per se, like managing a home or having like a home under my name, only because I feel that the debt is so significant. Like when you buy a home, it's really the bank's home because it's $400,000 or half a million and you're paying this off over like 30 years. And then once you pay it off, yeah, quote unquote is your house, but then there's taxes involved, there's maintenance fees, you gotta still take care of different expenses. It's like, okay, you don't wanna have an expense in the future. Uh, you can right. always sell it. There's always different options, um, mm-hmm. of course, but you can always sell your property and stuff like that. I'm just like, I feel like it's so much work. And I know people that might mm-hmm. listen to this might disagree with me. They might say, you know, real estate is the best thing ever. And, you know, I respect right. everybody's opinion, but maybe mm-hmm. it's coming from, from, from a place where I don't have like mm-hmm. a family, like a husband and kids and stuff like that. So maybe, maybe I will feel differently if I had like, you know, these families to take care of, but just the thought right. of all the expenses involved that I will be responsible for all, everything having to do with the home that mm-hmm. is not really mine after I pay it off because I still have to pay taxes on it. Like, I don't know, mm-hmm. stuff like that kind of discouraged me. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm not a big fan. I have mm-hmm. considered like maybe, um, like buying property to rent might be, could be a good idea, but then you have to make sure that you get good tenants and you know, there's right. things that you have to think about. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a lot of commitment <laughs> and responsibility. <laughs> exactly, so those kinds of things kind of freak me out a little bit, so I'm not, like, <laughs> I'm not really a big fan of all that owning property like that, but I could mm-hmm. see how, you know, somebody can completely disagree with me and I, and I respect it and I would love to hear somebody's, you know, response to that. But that's mm-hmm. how I feel about that kind of that. Yeah. Gotcha. And so any other tips for the 30s? Just continue doing the same thing. Continue saving and investing. You might need to, like you said, like somebody in their 30s might already have started a family. So maybe you can really save as much. But I will say that the saving and investing never stops until you like maybe an older uh, age where maybe you you don't want to you want to change the things you invest in like maybe you're close to retirement and instead of having it stocks in your portfolio or anything like more like volatile you have like bonds or you have more conservative type of investments but I think mm-hmm. in your 30s and 20s you're still super young and you should continue doing uh, that you know same mm-hmm. thing 
And now getting into your 40s, I know some pensions you can start collecting at 55. So you're mm-hmm. getting closer to that age. Any any mm-hmm. different changes and recommendations for the 40s? I still consider the 40s young and you're right, like you're getting closer to um, maybe the pension retirement, but you're still like 20 years away from real, like real average or 25 years away from real retirement, more or less. I would say start thinking about at that age, what do you want your your retirement future to look like and see if you are on track. But this is assuming that you've been doing your thing in your 20s and 30s. And if, even if you haven't, I think 40s is still a great decade to look into how much money you have saved or have invested or, or how much money you have available and see if you're going to have to accelerate you're saving and investing to maybe get to a point in retirement where you have the money that you want to have uh, or at least be comfortable because you don't want to be 60 and be like, okay, oh my God, like how much money do now I what? save? Like, I think, <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, like, like I'm retiring in two years or five years. Like how much money do I have in my bank account? Like you don't want to get mm-hmm. to that point. So I think 40s will be a great time to like look at your finances, see how much money you have. Um, See if you gotta get rid of any debt that you wanna like get out <clears throat> sorry, get out of the way and then become aggressive towards your retirement savings and, and, and investment allocation. Okay, now you refer to stock saying that it could potentially be dangerous. What is your opinion, your expert opinion on investing in Bitcoin? Oh my God. <laughs> like I cringe. I feel so scared. Like I feel like my, like my, the hairs on my arms go up when I hear that. Uh-huh. <laughs> because here's the thing with Bitcoin. Okay. It's all over the place, all over the news. It's like mm-hmm. it's, with investing, when something looks like a fad, that's like mm-hmm. something that everybody and their mother wants to get into is usually something that's red flag. likely a very bad yeah very bad investment mm-hmm. very risky you're probably going to lose your money on it so mm-hmm. my approach with bitcoin is like the thing there's a there's a technology that that is behind bitcoin that's called blockchain technology right so mm-hmm. that technology itself i think is not going anywhere in my opinion there's our investments are, go, are going to emerge from blockchain technology that could be profitable but when it comes to Bitcoin, Litecoin, all these random coins, mm-hmm. I wouldn't touch that with a 10-foot pole because <laughs> honestly, with all the fat around there, like people that never in their life invested or even knew about investing, all of a sudden want to put money in Bitcoin. Like that to me sounds like in 2008, like the financial crisis, like all of a sudden people thought like, you know, everything or not even that. I think back in like 2001, 2000 and 2000 where like the tech bubble um, exploded. It was kind of because of similar reasons, like people wanted thought that you, they could make all this money from or anything that, ha- that had to do with tech. And then mm-hmm. everything exploded and we went through like a crisis back then. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't touch that at all. Like that, I would just watch from a, the sidelines. Uh, my strategy with investing is that I never invest in anything that hasn't already established itself. Like it has proven mm-hmm. itself to be something that's of quality, that's sustainable. Like there's no need to rush. Like if something's going to be good, it's going to stick around and it's going to be profitable and, and you want to see that. 
Mm-hmm. There's no need to try and rush into this random thing just because you're going to miss out. And at the end of the day, nine times out of ten, you're going to lose all your money. Mm-hmm. So I will be very cautious with that kind of stuff. Well, thank you for clearing that up. That's something that yeah. I had been been thinking about. My, my dad yeah. is usually my investment mm-hmm. consultant, and oh, yeah. he's he's the same way that he's not a very risky investor. And so like mm-hmm. what you said, he's like, oh, no, I wouldn't touch that with a 10 foot pole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, stuff. no, no. So the same way about penny stocks or anything that's like two dollars, fifty cents. Like a lot of people message me telling me, "Oh, I found this stock. It's only fifty cents." Like I should buy because you know I could buy all these shares. Like mm-hmm. those things. There's a reason going. it's only fifty cents. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. There's a reason behind that. Like why do you think it's a dollar? Like uh-huh. there's a reason behind that. Like I don't care if you can buy a hundred shares. Like most likely, like it's just gonna sit there. Like nothing. Like you're not gonna make any money, or that company is mm-hmm. gonna disappear and you're gonna lose your money. So that's what happens usually with penny stocks as well. So that's another situation that I you know tell people to stay away from. Anything that seems like a quick way to get money, you know, mm-hmm. the get rich quick is usually mm-hmm. followed by the word scam or get rich exactly. quick scheme or something like mm-hmm. that. So, you know, it's not really going to be around for long. Exactly. Exactly that. <laughs> well, Mabel, thank you so very much. You have been very, very helpful. If someone wants to get in touch with you and learn more about Girls on the Money or ask you some financial questions, how do they do that? Sure. So the best way to find me, I guess it will be on Instagram. So I'm at, at girls on the money or anybody in the audience can email me girls on the money at gmail.com. And, you know, there's the blog and girls on the money.com and all of that. But you can find all that in my Instagram account for the most part. But I'll be happy to hear if anybody has questions. If anybody got confused about the S&P 500 or anything I talked about, <laughs> I'll be more than happy to explain, uh, you know, anything that might seem a little off. Awesome. Well, thank you so very much. Is there anything that I didn't ask you about that you want to make sure to mention? No, I would say get educated with investing, get started as soon as possible, start putting your money to work. And if somebody listening out there is thinking, you know, I don't, I don't think I can invest yet. Like I need to get rid of this debt. Like, yeah, like do that. I start taking steps towards that and, and know that it's possible and it's possible to get to the other side of your finances where you feel you have more peace of mind, more flexibility but you just have to make a conscious effort to get there like it doesn't happen by you know magically like you have to put your you know work into it and it's always you know it's always nice when you can get to the other side of things I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Lonnie Swain Show podcast. Please visit my website, LonnieSwain.com, where you can sign up for my monthly newsletter, check out companion blog posts, show notes, and lots of other cool stuff. This podcast is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, Buzzsprout, CastBox, Anchor, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and my website. I love and appreciate all of your feedback, so don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, and share it with at least three people who you think would enjoy it too or benefit from the information. Until next time, go where you are celebrated and appreciated, not just tolerated. Talk to you soon.